Welcome to the first episode, episode one of the RK Holiday Games Cast, where we talk about the infinite amount of games that there are to play. So if you're listening to this, you may not know who I am. I'm going to tell you a little bit about who I am. I am a author. I like to write books, short stories, things like that. I'm also a video game nerd, which is why I'm making a video game podcast. Because creating things in video games are kind of what I love. I've put out music in the past. Um, I've also worked professionally to create codes and formulas and administer all sorts of technical systems. And I also have a background in psychology where I've created relationships and tried to like heal them and mend them. So I like to create things, but maybe more than creating things, I like to consume things, probably like you. Um, So what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about video games, video games that I have played personally. We are not going to talk about any video games that I haven't played and put some amount of time in. And honestly, most of the games I've probably finished. Um, I have a long list we're going to talk about. New games, we're going to talk about old games, because I've been gaming for quite a while, you see. I started gaming when I was about five, and I had a Nintendo Entertainment System, an NES, and I think the first game I ever played was Super Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt, and we had the game and the gun and that whole thing. And uh, so from there, I've I've never really looked back. You know, I grew up out in the country on 40 acres of land. I was not a rich kid, but I was not a poor kid. We ate a lot of food from our land, either animals or grown. And um, instead of fishing and hunting, I typically wanted to be inside playing video games or playing music or something like that. So my love for video games has been something that has been quite of a, you know, lifetime love affair. But when it comes to video game journalism and podcasts, there there are plenty out there, but I kind of wanted to see if I could make one that was a little bit more relatable. I feel like a lot of YouTubers and reviewers and video game journalists, of which I am none of those, you know, you you really got to push to kind of give a game a rating or talk about it for for clicks or, you know, be very interesting. And sometimes the games just aren't interesting. <laughs> so that's OK. Um, I don't know how this will turn out, honestly, but I think I'm just going to talk about as much as I can from from my perspective And I think it'll be interesting because I hope that you, as you're mowing your lawn or going to the grocery store or whatever it is you're doing when you're listening to this, I hope that it sounds like and feels like you're talking with someone just like you would at the office or, well, it's, you know, COVID-19 at a place online, whatever, where you're talking to someone at school or whatever, and you're just talking about video games, you know, we'll, we'll dive a little deep if I really love the game, but sometimes we won't dive too deep. But 
Why don't we go ahead and get into it? So the first one that I just plucked off the list, and this will be random. Again, this will be new games and old games. This is actually a VR game called Star Trek Bridge Crew. Now, I like Star Trek, but I'm not a hardcore Star Trek fan. I've seen the original series, you know, several episodes of that, but I saw those as an adult. And, you know, I'm sure whenever they were coming on live TV, they were much more fun to watch or, you know, the perspective of being someone in the 60s watching Star Trek is probably a lot different than watching now in, you know, 2020, watching uh, Captain Kirk beat up a dude in a lizard suit and overacting. Um, But that's a good series, right? And then The Next Generation, I've only seen a little bit of, but I actually kind of have a fondness for it because people will hearken back and say, you know, that it wasn't always super violent. The, The episodes were always interesting. Some of them slower than others, sure, but it kind of breathed a little. And a lot of entertainment these days doesn't tend to breathe. I think we can all agree. Um, sometimes there's a rush to the finish with a lot of these things. But i tell you what I did like. I did like the new Star Trek movies, and not all of them, no. But the first one, boy, I really enjoyed it. The first J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie, for me, not being you know, as big of a Star Trek diehard fan as others, it was enough to where I knew what was happening, but it was also kind of recreating things. And we, you know, we could get into the whole thing about, well, you know, blowing up Vulcan sucked and the movies after that kind of sucked where potentially, you know, wherever you stand on that. But for whatever reason, you know, I kind of liked the first one. The second one was meh. I think that's the one with Khan with the snupper Nick Cumberspatch or whatever. No, Benedict. Harry Scratch. I don't remember his name right now. Maybe it's nerves behind the microphone. I don't know. But you know what I'm talking about. Denedict, uh, Doctor Strange, whatever. He was in that as Khan, and it was kind of, you know, whatever. But it was still a fun ride. It was very action-packed. But so coming from that, you know, if there was a Star Trek game, I would probably play it. I'd probably be into it get into it. I understand the lore enough to be interested in it and, you know, enjoy myself. So Star Trek Bridge Crew is, uh, let's just talk about when it was put out. You know, like I said, it's a virtual reality game. It was put out on Oculus Quest, I think, in December 16th, uh, 2019. Uh, But earlier than that, it was put out on Windows and PlayStation 4, May 30th, 2017. Now, I played this on PlayStation 4. Um, I think I got this about a year ago. And it's put out and published by Ubisoft, the publisher. You know, you probably have, if you've played video games, you know Ubisoft, right? They got Rainbow Six, they got Division, they got Watch Dogs, they got Assassin's Creed. They're they're a big player. They got racing games, dance games, all that stuff. I'm an Ubisoft fan. You know, there's a lot of games that I play through Ubisoft. This won't be the last time we talk about them. Uh, I think also this was developed by Red Storm Entertainment, and I don't know a lot about Red Storm Entertainment, but they have been working on a lot of games for a very long time. 
I think that they have, you know, in the late 90s worked on some Rainbow Six games. And, you know, they've, in the 2000s, they've worked on Ghost Recon games. More recently, Far Cry games, The Division. I, I don't know if they were the full, you know, devs for those games, but that is kind of where they've been. They've, it seems like they've always kind of been with Ubisoft. So they're, they're kind of going to do whatever the publisher tells them. And it seems like they've worked on kind of interesting things. Now, Star, Star Trek Bridge Crew, um, we'll just kind of describe it a little bit. Basically what it is, you get into your headset, your real life VR headset, and you can use uh, the controller. I think you might have to use the, we'll call them nunchucks, the little handheld uh, nunchucks there to you know do your virtual reality pointing and pushing buttons. You can come in, you can kind of customize your head. There's not a whole lot of options. You know, you can be like a Vulcan or a human or a male or female. You can give yourself a mustache, you know, maybe a beard, a couple different hair colors, not anything crazy. You can't be like a Klingon, okay? You got either human or Vulcan. And then the game kind of breaks down to where you can fly a crew solo meaning you can sit into the captain's chair and in the captain's chair, you have an interface where you can, you know, find waypoints, get mission objectives, hit the red alert button, probably the most fun thing to do in the game. You can then give out tasks to your other bridge crew members for which there is a, like uh, an engineer station support systems. Uh, a pilot station, and then a, a weapons station. So, and at any point in time, if you're playing by yourself, you can switch to these people. You can kind of look at them while you're in the VR space. You can switch to them, and then you can start flying. You can start shooting missiles, loading weapons. Or you can be an engineer, and you can start sending out repair crews and adjusting power, you know, putting up shields, things like that. Now, when you first get into this thing, I mean, when you look around the bridge, it is quite impressive. You know, you're sitting in a chair, you see your knees, you see your chest, you see your hands, obviously. You can kind of point and, you know, push the buttons. But it's a pretty great representation of if you were going to have to escape and get into this, this bridge of the Enterprise, which I, I believe... I don't want to overstate this. I think it is the Enterprise. It's not the original Enterprise, okay, from the 60s. However, that is DLC. There is a TNG, Next Generation DLC, and original series from the 60s DLC, which we'll get to. But it looks pretty freaking good. Now, a way that I played it first was I played with a friend, a dear friend of mine, and we did two players. I've never played it four players. I'm sure it would be even more fun. I just don't know that enough people that have it, and I don't know if this would be the kind of game you want to get into with randos. Now, it, that depends completely on your your personality. You might would want to get in there with some random people and see what happens, but this game, I just don't think it has the infrastructure for quick drop in and drop out. I, I don't think it would work well. I think if you found players at the beginning and then someone lost internet or it's a rando or it's, you know, a kid and they, 
I got to go eat. My mom, you know, my mom's calling me. I got to go eat. You know, you're in the middle of the mission. You just lost your engineer person. If they drop out, could you take over? Probably. Again, I never tried this. I just did two people. We had good internet connection the whole time. We were talking to each other. And we were swapping around. And it was super fun to be in any position, if I'm honest. Like, there was no position that seemed more fun than others. You know, so if you wanted to be the pilot and, you know, you know, punch the warp drive, or if you want to be the captain and kind of tell everybody else what to do, you know, set the plot or plot the courses or anything like that. It was fun, I think, for both. And I think it was interesting. You know, my friend was a very big Star Trek fan, so it was fun to kind of sit down and play with him um, to do it. But, you know, with VR games, there's only one VR game that I think I've ever played where I feel like I could go in and play it over and over and over again. And that's Rec Room. And we'll talk about that at some point. There's other VR games that I've played where I could play them over again, but you know, it's not like a a live kind of game. There's a strict kind of story. Um, kind of like Super Hot or maybe Iron Man VR. Star Trek, from my memory, has about six to eight missions, of which I played about one and a half, maybe two. And you know. The first one is kind of what you would expect. I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything here for you. But you're going, you're trying to save people, you're trying, you know, Klingons, they come out, you're going to shoot them down. You know, it really is just kind of a simulation. And I think that's really what the developers were probably going for, was, you know, can we just make people feel like they're in Star Trek? Can we give them enough tasks? Now, Star Trek is a lot more than just flying in the bridge. You know, when I think of Star Trek, I think uh, Tribbles. (laughs) No, I think about going down to planets. I think about, you know, things that don't happen on the bridge as well, um, potentially. And you don't get that, right? Like, So there's not like a narrative that's going to take you out of that seat. And I mean, I don't don't know the numbers. If Star Trek is 90% on the bridge, it probably is, right? I mean, when you have memories of Star Trek, you probably remember everyone being on the bridge more than anything else. So it's a good place to start. But for this experience, it seems like it's, you know, they coin it as an action adventure. And I think that's kind of it. There's not too much strategy to it. I think it really is. And this is the problem with VR right now, which I think it will get better, is it's more of an experience than it is an actual gameplay loop. But for what it's worth, this one was a pretty good one. Um... You know, like I said, there, there's they also have DLC, which should probably be included, if I'm honest. You know, the DLC is you get to be you basically get to change your ship into the next generation series ship or the original series ship. Now, there is effort into it, by the way, it's not just like a skin And this might, to me, be the thing that I liked the most about the game were these different skins. Just from an interesting standpoint, because I say that, but it's it's also something I hate because it's almost unplayable. (laughs) But let me explain. So I've seen, you know, screenshots of videos of the Next Generation bridge. 
And it's a little bit different. The computers are different, right? Because on the TV shows, the technology is different. So when you're playing in the you know the ship that that comes with the game, the bridge that comes with the game, all of the apps and the uh, consoles are going to be very modern. Where like you and I could just pick them up and start playing with them. If you've worked a smartphone, you got this. However, the '60s, the original series, it's a replica. So. You know, there are no labels and it's just like if you're in the flight position, if you're the pilot, you literally just have color coded cubes and squares. And you just have to know which ones to push to go like there is no, you know, direction on what to do. You're like you're just looking at just think if you're looking at a plate of. I don't know how to describe this. I guess <laughs> Starburst. A plate of even, evenly different colored Starburst. And I said, hey, touch these Starbursts and make this ship go forward and backwards and warp drive and whatever. It's kind of funny. And then the other stations, you know, it's the same thing. Like there, there might be some, you know, like on the engineer station, there might be like, some indications, but everything looks 60s tech, which is amazing. That's so awesome. And I and I want to believe that there are some people out there who are big, you know, original series or TNG, TNG series fans that, you know, just log into this game with like three other, you know, friends who love Star Trek and actually know what these systems do or have taken the time to do it because that would be fun. That's a stream that I would watch. Especially if they knew how to do it. And it was like a difficult, you know, quest that they were on or, or mission. Because it's, it's bonkers. And if you haven't, I encourage you to like look at a video of the original series Enterprise, Star Trek Bridge Crew, ship. You know, I'm sure there's videos online that tell you how to do all of that. But it really is, it really is bonkers. And like I said, I think that's probably my favorite part of the game. Just that they went there and that they did that. Um, and it's so niche. Like, no one's playing that unless you really love Star Trek. And that's cool that they didn't try to please people in that way. And I, I appreciate that. Like, that, man, this is, this is a great experience for, for those people. Uh, for which I am not, but still. But it's a great, you know, it's, it, this game is good enough, though, to where if, if I had a buddy who hadn't played it, I'm going to show it to him. Because it's worth seeing. It's interesting. And then if I had a buddy that had it and wanted to play a couple missions, I'm totally going to go play that with them. It's fun enough for that. You know, it works well. I mean, I don't remember any bugs or anything, um, which can't be said for a lot of games that come out. Um, now, I didn't get it on release, so I don't know if there are bugs in the beginning or, or whatever. But, you know, I think this game got nominated for a lot of awards, you know, in 2016, 17 for... VR and control and things like that. And, and it definitely should, but, you know, being able to get into a game and just really LARP or, or simulate Star Trek, this is the best you have um, for that VR experience. Um, I really don't know if I have a whole lot bad to say about this game. You know, like, not 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 against the developers or or Ubisoft or anything. I mean, I think for where we are with tech and how much time it probably 
took to make this game, I think they did pretty well. I think they made a game that made sense and, and would be sold and people would, would enjoy. Um, we're just not there with VR yet to where we can make like an open world next level thing. And may, maybe we are in some games, like I said, Rec Room, we'll talk about that. That will probably be a much longer podcast. Um, we'll talk about that eventually. But outside of Rec Room, I don't know of any VR games that are really kind of opening up to you know drop in and out multiplayer, kind of a new experience each time, even if slightly different. But I hope that we're getting there. And, you know, the tech will come and we'll get there. And then, you know, 20 years from now, I'll be like, oh, God, I wish this had never happened because nothing's real. And I just live in this thing all day and I'm depressed or whatever. I'll be in the headset if they have it. Um, so another thing I want to talk about with this, and this is something I'll probably do in the other casts, uh, games cast that we do, is we'll talk about the price. Because um, I'm not going to give you a 1 to 10. Because I don't think it's fair, and I, like that's just kind of hard, right? I mean, it could be like a ten gameplay, and then, but the fun factor was a four. I mean, you know, what, whatever. We're not gonna, we're not gonna go that deep into it. But I think if we just talk about price, just dollars, I think that's a language we can all appreciate. Now, I don't know what this game was on release, but I know right now it's twenty four ninety nine, and. for the base game without DLC is close. I I think this is a $20 experience. I think $15, $20 is probably it. And then the DLC, I think they're $10 a pop. Again, that's steep, but I think that's fair if they offer this at $15 or $20 in today's terms. Now, I see right now it's actually on sale, 70% off, and it's like $7.49. Absolutely. That's a steal. If you have any interest in getting that game VR, just to try it out, just to run through it. I mean, you're going to spend $7.50 at Chick-fil-A or something. I, I would say $7.50 is definitely worth the experience if you're somewhat of a Star Trek fan or a sci-fi fan and you have a headset, throw it on and just be there, you know, because there's really no other way to get that experience. Um, so I would say just be there at seven forty nine for sure. But twenty four ninety nine is a little steep for me. I think it's a fifteen or twenty dollar base game. That's just my opinion. Um, I think that's going to be about it. I think that's going to wrap it up. I, I really don't know if there's anything else I can talk about. You know, this game again, Star Trek. Who doesn't love it? You know, I'm a sci fi fan. You'll learn that as we talk more and more through these games. Um, but it's been real. And as we go, um, hopefully, uh, I'll get better at this. (laughs) All right. Thanks everyone for joining. I hope you have a wonderful day and a great week.